Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Slaughter Podcast will be discussing topics that some listeners may find slightly disturbing. If you are still listening, please take up your protective clothing because shit is now going down. Welcome to episode 15 of Slaughter. We're right in the middle of the teen years, full Kevin and Perry right now. (laughs) I hate everything. Yeah, this is when we start to turn into bitches. (laughs) I'm starting today and I am doing the the story of Jeremy Bamber. So quite a famous massacre. Oh. Just as a heads up. A massacre. Um, so Bamber, I'll just I'm just gonna go straight into it. Do it. Do it. It's done. Don't ba- give a shit. Don't give a damn. Bamber was born the illegitimate son of a vicar's daughter and an army sergeant. I feel like vicar's daughters have got a bit of a reputation. Standard, so predictable. Yeah, like the rebellious daughter. I'm supposed to be the little angel. Nope. She gave the baby up for adoption in 1961 when he was six weeks old. So basically like a puppy. Yeah, I've had you now. That's enough. Yeah. Um, And he was adopted by Neville and Jean Bamber. So he he fell on his feet because they were a really wealthy couple. Which also happens if you drop a puppy. Yeah, fall on their feet. Neville was a former RAF pilot. They both lived on a beautiful Georgian farm in Essex. Um, and they'd already had adopted a daughter, Sheila, who was nicknamed Bambi, um, because it was Bamba, and she was cute, and probably couldn't walk very well. But surely that should have been all of their nicknames. Yeah, maybe she was just the most unsteady on her feet of all of them. Um, maybe it's because <laughs> her actual mum died, and they thought, this is a nice joke. <laughs> maybe. Bamba would put baby rats in his pocket and then ask his mum to put a hand in about age eight. And that was like the first thing I could find out about him. So it's not a good start. That's creepy. Like there's no good outcome ever to come from put your hand in my pocket. What is going to be, if it's something nice, get it out yourself. It's like (laughs) my first thoughts would be you've engineered some weird way of putting your own dick in your pocket. Yeah, that's the kind of thing boys do. If someone said, put your hand in my pocket, I'd expect to feel a penis. For sure. Um, That's just coming from personal experience. The rest of you might have different. (laughs) Not a baby rat, anyway. Um, Although sometimes it's hard to tell. Both children were strictly disciplined. So it it, kind of, um, it almost painted like this perfect life that they were on this beautiful farm and they had both been adopted by this wealthy couple. Um, But there was a lot of strict discipline and the parents were devout Christians. Basically, they had a lot of money and they thought, well, we're going to have an easy life. They just sent the kids off to boarding school. 
as long as, as soon as they were old enough. And I think this sort of started a bit of resentment from the kids because they kind of thought, um, and there was a little bit of tension in the relationship anyway. Um, and then they were just like, oh, you've just sent us away. Like, thanks very much. Yeah. Why go to the effort of adopting if you're going to send them away? Yeah. But they're, I mean, they're at a good school. But... Carry on that family name. That's all they cared about. <laughs> yeah. We need more Bambas. All the Bambies. Bamba's friend uh, also stated that, Bam- that Bamba was reportedly sexually assaulted at the age of 11. But, I mean, that's basically initiation for boarding school, surely. Like... Almost certainly. <laughs> if there's one thing I know about boarding school from never having attended, it's that they <laughs> all are having sex with each other. When I take the children on the residential, when I took the kids on the residential last year, night number one, the girls are snuck into the boys' bedroom. That's one night of being in a boarding situation. If you're there for a whole term, of course they're taking it further. They're escalating. Yeah, definitely. So Bamba was... Um, so he grew up, obviously, and he were, he got kind of cute. Like, if you look at some pictures, and I know... He, he was... I am super uncomfortable <laughs> with the rating of the murderers. But I... Objectively, he was considered a hottie. Regardless... Is it relevant to the story? Yes. Then I shall allow this. So he he did well with both ladies and men. He was a bit of a heartthrob. He was rich. He was quite good looking. And he used the fact that he was from quite a wealthy background as well to charm others. That's um, the best way to charm people. <laughs> the charm is not there at all. Have a nice face and put money in front of it. Yeah, just surround your face. Like frame it with notes you can have like one of those jackets like Michael Barrymore had where he used to run through the audience and everyone to snatch money off it I make like a an or Elizabethan the court, the an Elizabethan ruff out of notes maybe he just didn't put it in his pocket so he just yeah the put your hand in my pocket he left school with no qualifications he was good looking and rich didn't need him don't need him um, apparently his dad wasn't um, happy about that but he did attend sick form and reset his O levels as they were then and he got seven well done good job um, he finished school and then he took a gap year so he went to Australia a gap year and he went to Australia and New Zealand on his father's money and he basically lived a bit of the playboy life did scuba diving course um, but partied shaved um, a dolphin possibly swam with dolphin shagged a dolphin um, reportedly broke into a jewellery shop and stole two designer watches which is weird because he was very rich um, taking them with him back to the UK so that's the first time we see a little bit of sort of breaking the law rebellion from him and for a lot of the killers that's actually a little bit older than normal like a yeah. lot of this like especially the i suppose normally the serial killers that we look at they see from quite an early age that they're um i mean getting Patrick involved McCoy. in petty crime yeah he was in prison at 11 um he also claimed to have smuggled heroin but i mean no there's no evidence for that who hasn't when he got back to the UK, he worked in bars and restaurants, which was weird because he had he had all this money. And I think basically what happened was his dad kind of said, right, go out and get a job, like go and sort yourself out. And um, for a short time, he was waitering in the little chef on the A12. Nice. I mean, if there's ever a job that's going to put you off working for your entire life. So it wasn't long after this that he was like, yeah, I'm going to go work on my dad's farm. <laughs> shoveling shit with your own dad <laughs> is better than a little chef shoveling shit with your own dad is better than eating at a little chef I, I i went to a little chef a while ago and i think they had just like a big 
massive jug of water um like oh, oh no they had the teaspoons just left in like a little pot with water in. yeah cleaning it no it's gross so people getting their tea their tea bags out of their cup yeah. diddle it in a little water pot yeah give it a little diddle it's good to go again no D- it's not okay don't underestimate the diddle and they all freaking do that in Corby as well and it's not okay the little Corby's not okay teaspoons of water not okay like if someone lives in Corby like oh are you alright yeah I know who lives in Corby um, he didn't earn much on the farm um, but he did live rent free in a nearby cottage and if you think he could have been a Airbnb in that shit and make loads of money so it's quite nice of his dad to kind of let him stay there and he's also given a nice car uh, at the same time Bambi Sheila Bamba she got hot as well like she was she was super attractive and uh her oh, pe- they're gonna start fucking aren't they no why do you keep talking about the brother and sister being hot then well they just it's like you're leading me down a path of incest that's where you're taking me one it's definitely you and not me that is inciting this <laughs> no one they're adopted brother exactly. and sister exactly that's fine anyway but they didn't shag Two, you adopt two kids. What are the chances they're both going to be fit? Exactly. Like, those are not good These odds. are perfect coincidences for some sibling love. So Sheila Bamber was also attractive. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because she started working as a model. Like, okay. I'm not just trying to like... A real model or a little chef model. <laughs> a real model. So uh, I think she did okay. Um, her parents paid for... A, like her adoptive parents paid for a London flat and she started modelling and she got sent to sort of Paris and like she tried in Japan she travelled the world a bit but she really wanted to make it big but she was partying she was spending a lot of money and she was making money but she wasn't making like shit loads of money so um, she was a little bit disappointed so she got married now when I first heard that I was like well obviously she married someone rich then instead no she married a penniless artist oh. she just got married to this guy and got pregnant and had twin boys and her marriage just didn't last and she became quite depressed because you know twin boys stretch marks modeling's over the stretch marks won't be on her face though that's true she'd be a face model uh so her mental health like there's not many people that are like a cervix model like i think it's fine (laughs) to have kids and get back into it she was uh her mental health deteriorated after the breakup of her marriage and she was diagnosed with schizophrenia um, and she had delusions of her children being of the devil which some fucking kids sometimes it's true sometimes they are she moved back in with her parents for support um, and so did the twins so they moved back to Essex back to the farmhouse lived with um, uh, what's her name and and what's her name Neville Neville and June Neville and June Um, Bamber resented his the fact he was working on the farm he was like she's been fucking living the life now she's oh yeah she's living the life she's got two devil children and her career's <laughs> over she's doing brilliantly but then now she's not working because she's got these two kids and he's just like why am i slaving away on this shit farm when i want to just be a playboy and that's all he wanted he wanted to be living like the rock star life he wanted to be kids on instagram like that's that's what he wanted um he, he asked his dad if he could manage his his caravan park. And when I say manage, I think he'd be one of those bosses who swanned in, went, is everyone here? You're a dick. And swanned out again. And then just got a load of money off it. And his dad basically said, no, I don't trust you enough because you won't do any fucking work. I'm liking Neville. Yeah, Neville knows. Neville's got his shit together. 
Sevamba was determined that somehow he was going to have this lifestyle that he'd been dreaming of. June basically was disappointed with her children. She became more and more religious. She was like, these two fucking fuck-ups are dicking me over. They might be fit, but they're not. This, this is not what I was expecting. You're very sweary today. Fuck you. I don't mind it personally, but it's, it's different to normal. Shit. Um, so June was disappointed. June, yeah, June was not happy that these kids were not. I think she thought they were going to be angelic. She like, paid a lot of money for them. Yeah, basically the perfect life. She'd done everything to make sure that Neville's genes were not being passed on. <laughs> but I think she thought she'd like farmhouse, kids frolicking. Yeah. She'd given them everything. Yeah. They'd given them everything they could to have a good life. Christmas round the table. I think she'd spoiled them a little bit. They'd, they'd had a lot of stuff growing up, like financially, but I, it's just not what she was expecting. Um, Bamba, to. I mean, they said on the documentary to annoy everyone. But I'm not sure that's why he did it. He started dressing as a new romantic. Yes. So he started wearing makeup and wearing like almost like costumes. Yeah, very and adamant. Like, yeah, and like riding around the village. And then he started um, going out with, or I don't know, sleeping with a local lad. Um, and his parents were really religious, so they were embarrassed. And he would just go around public displays of affection. People would stare. He'd just grab him and snog him. Like he, he wanted to sort of ruffle a few feathers and on the de- documentary they kind of suggested this was evidence of psychopathy um, whereas <laughs> I'm, not, no. I'm not necessarily sure that's the case I'm almost certain that's not the case how dare he he was just busy being fabulous yeah um, so June had a breakdown oh yeah like I'm the only one who can swish into a room with this amount of poise no Jezza can do it too. Yeah. He was showing her up and she didn't like it. Yeah. So she was struggling from the stress of her family's behaviour. Um, so she she was in hospital at, at certain points like for mental health treatment and then Sheila was in and out. So it was kind of just... They were falling apart as a family. So at this point, Bamba went out and he bought a gun. And he said to his girlfriend, who appeared out of fucking nowhere, like, I thought he was with a guy. Apparently he's got a girlfriend now anyway. Maybe just because he's kissing people doesn't mean he's in a relationship with them too. Um, I, I think he was just having fun. Yeah. Like he was Doing living, what he wanted. Living his life. So he went out and bought a Killing gun. Killing people? Yeah. What I wanted. Yeah. I wanted a gun and bought one. Done it. Money in the bank? Done it. Done. So he went out and bought a gun um, and his he told his girlfriend that he was going to kill his family. Oh God. Um, so, uh, this has been a very sudden turnaround. Yeah, he's not so fabulous anymore. Uh, Neville confided, so the dad was suspicious. He confided in a friend that he he wouldn't be surprised if he died soon in in an accident and that Bamba was involved. I can't imagine a new romantic being so murderous. Apparently, so. Like when you're wearing a shirt that's so ruffly, like how can you be? Miserable shirts come off. No, but like paint. I don't know. When you've got that glitter eyeshadow on, the world sparkles. <laughs> Maybe you just tore it off, leather jacket on. Right, this is a whole change of me. It's a brand new me, and I'm gonna get what I want. So brace yourself because this is not gonna be pleasant. 
Um, at 3.26am on August the 7th, Bam- in 1986, Bamba... Looked at the clock. <laughs> Bamba phoned the 326. police. 3.26. 3.26. Uh, sometimes it says 3.30. But I'm going to go Ooh. with the more precise one. What happened in those four minutes? Let's do another episode specifically on what could or could not have happened <laughs> in the four minutes. Uh, so Bamba phoned the police from his father's farm saying that Sheila had gone berserk. Those were his exact words. Um, and that Was she kissing people? She, no. Bloody mental. she gone nuts. Yeah, apparently. Um, to be fair, she'd shot the whole family. Oh. <laughs> apart from Jeremy because uh, they were like in love with each other yeah in possibly. my narrative in your narrative in your turn of events um so according to jeremy he or bamba he had um received a call from his dad saying come to the house sheila's got a gun and then he'd gone over um and then he he'd phoned the police and he was freaking out he'd phoned from the the phone police attended and they found neville sheila sheila's two twin boys who were six at this point, and Jean shot dead close range. So a horrific massacre. Um, And Sheila was found upstairs in the bedroom with the gun against her throat lying on the floor. Um, Jeremy appeared distressed following the incident. He was throwing up. So the police tried to calm him down with tea and whiskey. No puppies though. Why are there never any puppies? Puppies would have made it better. Yeah, like, if you arrest me and you're like, okay, we want you to talk. No, I'm not going to say anything. I'll let you hold a puppy. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm yours. I'll talk. Uh, So Bamba requested, following this incident, um, that all the carpets and the bedding be burned. And they did it. They were like, all. Okay. Who wants to be bogged down with evidence? I know. That takes up time. We have to look at it. We have to put a case together. Like, just burn everything, and then there's no paperwork. Look, there's a woman there holding a gun. She, she's got the gun. They're all dead. He's saying this. Job done. Case closed. Burn everything. Yeah. It's like the other day. I had a really bad lesson. Ripped all the pages out of the books. It never happened. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Who needs to mark that? Not me, because it was a bag of crap. It's all in the bin. (laughs) Brilliant. So his family members, his cousins, became kind of suspicious. The police were like, it's done. Let's go get a coffee. Sorted. Let's go pet some puppies. It's fine. Um, So they began investigating themselves. I bet there are puppies as well. Because we'll be sniffer dogs, attack dogs. I bet the police are always going and stroking dogs. Yeah. Thank you. They don't tell you about it, but that is definitely going to be a police officer perk. That, like, when you've had a hard day at the office, you're like, oh, just pop down to the dog department. Yeah. Cuddle a dog for a minute. So, uh, the cousins of um, Bamba um, became suspicious about the fact that they'd said, oh, case closed, it's all done. And they were like, there's got to be more to it than this. And they, I mean, they thought he was weird anyway. He did wear ruffle shirts and velvet suits. It's not okay. I feel like we might be slightly confused as to what new romantics for. What did new romantics? I don't know. I just want to look some up. We'll find out. They wear belts. So they looked around the house, which the police should have done, um, and they found the silencer for the gun in a cupboard in the house. Well done, cousins. So they took it to the police. It's that Bamba nose, like a bloody bloodhound. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, and I took it to the police and it had Sheila's um, blood on the inside of it. So that's suggesting that someone has killed Sheila with the gun. Put it away and then put it away. Now, that's important evidence. However, just to put it into a little bit of context, their cousins were living in some buildings owned by Neville. Right. And once Neville had died and the family had died, obviously they got passed on to Jeremy Bamber. And Jeremy Bamber had made it quite clear that he was going to sell those buildings. So it was within their interests to get him out of the picture. To get him out of the picture. And then after Bamba was convicted, the estate went to the cousins. So, I don't know. But, I mean, there were there's so many problems that were happening. The police hadn't secured the scene. They'd gone, yeah, everything's fine. Burn the lot. Like, so, they just kind of... It's Friday. Just get a bonfire going. And forget <laughs> it's ever happened. Burn everything. We need a work-life balance. <laughs> like, yeah. This one's an open and shut case. Saw it. Um, There's no way we're going to get these carpets clean, burned. But there was one police officer who wasn't having it. He was suspicious. And he was like, you guys go to the pub. I'm doing my job. So Stan, a police officer, didn't agree with the idea that Sheila Stan had killed. Stan the man. Stan the man didn't agree with the idea that Sheila had killed the family. And he started. he carried on looking into it. Just through the ashes. Just in his own time. <laughs> just around the house having his dinner there using the microwave um he decided that it was clear that Sheila hadn't done it because um she uh she would have had to fight the family members and it was clear that there had been a fight uh Neville was covered in bruises and stuff before he was killed um and her nails weren't at all damaged she'd have had to reload the weapon three t- two times to um have had enough bullets to kill the entire family so he said that this was an easy cop out someone had blamed her but it wasn't her her nails were fine they were beautiful they were like models nails yeah she could have hand modeled like if someone had told her that she had such beautiful nails maybe she would have had the confidence to go out there and model again and not become a schizophrenic maybe you could have saved a loose. Think have. about that. Next time you see someone with nice nails, think about what you could be doing. So, nail modelling might be for you. Um, so, Bamba's girlfriend came forward having been ditched by Germany. Germany. Who? Germany. Germany Cricket. He's got so much money, we renamed him Germany. <laughs> Jeremiah Germany. Um, so, basically, she was in on this and she was like, well, I'm going to get rich too. And then once the family were dead and he inherited all the money um he was like yeah you're not that great um so he not enough dick for me (laughs) he said we're probably gonna break up um and she went to the police and said well no there's nothing in it for me i'll tell you the truth (gasps) Um, she knew about it she said that he had planned the murder and she had agreed to keep quiet because of the money but now she was gonna tell the truth oh that makes you a terrible person Like, it's all going to be okay then. Oh, fine. Well. I was willing to let this murder slide. (laughs) Yeah. I let it happen because I thought I'd have some money. But as soon as that money was gone, I thought I'll do the honest thing and save the day. I believe it was around the same time that he said I wasn't getting any money that Jesus came to me (laughs) and told me what I should do. So the police put Bamba under surveillance. Um, 
and found he was just partying all the time, spending huge amounts of money. He'd got a lot of cash following the murder um, just from what was available. The Digging down account. the back of the sofa. Yeah, um, but he was running out. And uh, this is where it gets a little bit weird and almost reinforces your uh, suspicions. He found, he'd found some photos of Sheila in compromising condition, conditions, positions. He basically found some sex photos of his sister. Now, as soon as you said a model, I was like, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Models in the 80s, mm, please. Well, apparently there was a cucumber involved in these pictures as well. What? No wonder uh, her kids were weird. They're half cucumber. <laughs> and um, so he he thought proper pair of vegetables, <laughs> rather than um, rather than uh, just hanging on to these photos for his own personal gains. He thought there's something in this for me. So he arranged a meeting with the son and said, "I've got some compromising photos of my sister." And I'm willing... Oh, the Sun newspaper. Yeah, the Sun. Not his son. The Sun. Um, and I'm willing to sell you these photos, uh, but I want cash. I want cold hard cash. I want it first. And if you don't, I'm going to go to Asda. Yeah. And but see what? if they... To use them as like, advertising. I don't know. For cucumbers. Smart price cucumbers. Yeah, I mean... See it... how smart they really are. <laughs> Could be like those half Multi-purpose cuc- cucumbers. Who wants a half cucumber when you can have a whole one? Um, so he met them in an old pub double their sales and uh, he said um, we're never going to get sponsored by HelloFresh with this attitude oh we definitely will get sponsored by Asda any vegetables will do doesn't have to be cucumbers stay away from the butternut squash don't take a marrow <laughs> instead of going along with it and giving in the money for the photos the reporter went back to the office and said you'll never guess what's happened I bet I mean I bet that was fun in the office everyone gather around You'll never guess what Jeremy Bamber's just offered me. Um, and they said, screw that. We're making a story out of this. Next day, headline is, Bamber tries to sell sex photos of his sister for cash. Obviously. The reporter did sound a little bit disappointed, but he never got to actually see those photos, though. Oh, so he hadn't taken them to show No, he, was, he just said, I've got them. And he was like, oh, I never got to see them, no. Uh, maybe they didn't exist. Well, that's what he said. He said, maybe they didn't, they didn't even have them. Um, Bambi have you googled it have I googled Sheila Bambi cucumber photo I have not Um, so Bambi oblivious to all of this ignoring the headlines carried on partying he went on holiday to Saint-Tropez with a male friend unaware he was being followed by police I mean if you've got to be following someone as a policeman Sandra pays a noise, but obviously you've got to be in plain yeah, clothes. Oh, we haven't caught him yet. Hawaiian we, shirt. We just missed him at Dover. Flower garland. Cocktail in your hand. I'm just blending in. We're gaining on him, but it might take another week. Yeah. He's just one step ahead of us. <laughs> We're just in a club. Um, so as soon as he did return to the UK, as soon as he landed in Dover, he was arrested. Oh, so they did go to Sandra Pay? Yeah. Watch him and then come back. Yeah. We'll arrest him in England. Yeah. Don't want to spoil the holiday. <laughs> no. We'll just let him have a, a good time while he's out here. Um, we'll he was get a tan first. He was too. charged with the five murders of his family, um, but he still claims to be innocent and always did. So at trial, um, key parts to the trial included the fact that Sheila's blood was on the inside of the silencer, um, Sheila's ex's testimony. He won't fucking there. 
don't even know why. I don't even know what that means. Ex who's what? Well, she had kids. She didn't actually have kids with a cucumber. <laughs> I meant Bamba's to Ex's testimony. Okay. <laughs> Should I start that bit again? No. <laughs> no, you can't do it, Jake. Um, so the trial, the key parts of the trial where um, Sheila's blood was on the inside of the silencer, the fact that Bamba's ex had said that he had planned to commit the murders, um, Sheila may not be strong enough to inflict the damage, the fact her nails weren't, um, weren't damaged either, the fact that the father had apparently phoned Bamba during the attack but there was no blood on the kitchen phone, um, despite the fact that that phone call, he would have been and he said I'm covered in blood apparently like his father had said um, so Bamba was convicted uh, 10 people said he was guilty to 2 said he was not guilty um, Bamba's fingerprints were eventually discovered on the gun as well and a bible by Sheila's body um, and they were missed during the initial inquiries as well I don't know what they were doing I mean come on they just seemed to go they obviously just thought it was obvious it's all fine take a few photos job done um there are people who still believe that Bamba is innocent. Um, apparently there is a photo of Sheila's body and the the timing of how much she bled apparently suggests that he was already in custody and then he must be innocent. But I didn't really understand that. And there was also a photo of a letter in a Bible and, and there were a lot of people saying that could have been her suicide note and then the apparently the Bible was destroyed so that evidence was gone. But I think just having a bit of paper sticking out of a Bible. I mean, lots of people write notes in Bibles. They were yeah. devout Christians. It's not necessarily going to be a suicide note just because it's got writing on it. Bookmark. Yeah. Um, Bamba has never never admitted to the murder um, and he's now serving life without parole, just like Dennis Nielsen. Um, so he's still in prison now. I'm going to be doing Samuel Dougal sounds like a character from the magic roundabout it definitely does um this story comes from the book murders from the black museum so samuel dougal in 1899 murdered a wealthy heiress miss camille cecile holland she sounds very wealthy she does sound fabulous doesn't she she was brought up in india to a french mother and like her dad was an english merchant and then she was sent to england to live in a boarding school oh. it's all like the little princess yeah. that book very romantic um but samuel dougal is described in the book by gordon honeycomb as being a ruthless amoral and utterly engaging beast oh how engaging i know that does sound a little bit like he's attracting like oh you're such an engaging beast lovable rogue beast (laughs) as Alyssa would say (laughs) Alyssa Edwards for those fans out there (laughs) um so he basically just used his like natural skills to attract and exploit women for his enjoyment and profit so he was born in East London in 1846 and he was just educated and grew up without incident pretty much and then became an apprentice at a civil engineering office. Yeah. But he was bored with what he felt was just like office work, like humdrum. So he would party hard. And his partying meant that he ran up debts. And when his father grew tired of this, um, Samuel Dougal went to join the army. Like, I don't get how people used to run up debts all the time. Like, 
who who is letting them just drink for free? Like, oh, you yeah, can every, just owe us. Everything's on a tab, on credit. Yeah, you can, you can go home without paying. You can just owe us. Even, like... like those were the days. The, the bank notes mm. wouldn't be a bank note as we know it. It would be, actually be, like, a piece of paper saying, I... Give you this much money, and then they would take it to the bank with the person. It was just literally the person's signature that sort of like validated the money. Like it wasn't like currency that everyone had. The bank gave you these notes that you would sign and write, like checks, I suppose. But there was no money actually given until you took them. So I think that's how they got away with it. A few bits. Um. So. He was in the Royal Engineers for 21 years. Wow. So he had a long... Again, not two murderers this week. Not our usual serial killers. They weren't depraved from the beginning. He no, blows to the held, head. No, he held down his job and he left in 1887 with good descriptions of his character. They said he was a very good clerk. Well. That's about as high as the praise gets. So I imagine yeah. he was a bit of a dullard. I know, I was going to say, it sounds pretty boring. He was a good clerk. That's Nothing it. exceptional. 21 years he worked there. He made a lovely cup of tea. Well, that would be better. I'd be impressed by that. <laughs> he wrote down all the figures in all the right columns. Good job. But part of the reason maybe why he was so boring at work is because he was just bloody knackered. Because his personal life was a lot more up and down. So at 23... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. He married Miss Griffiths and he had four children with her, but he was a heavy drinker and an abusive husband. Lovely. They managed to last 16 years with having four kids around and him drinking and beating her. Oh, God. Um, But she then had a sudden and agonising illness took hold of her and she died within 12 hours of getting ill. So then... Two months later, in 1885, he had a new wife. This is in Nova Scotia, by the way, where they were living. But she was also suddenly taken ill 
and died within the day. <gasps> so both of those women are now buried in Halifax, Nova Scotia. They were both buried within 24 hours of the death. So really quick turnaround. And because they died in the military quarters, there's no requirement to register their deaths on the registry. So no inquiries. You know, if someone dies, because it's the army, they assume if someone's died, like, oh, it's been as a part of... So because it was in military quarters... No this need to register it. This makes me suspicious. Me also. Mm. Me as well. And me. All of us here. <laughs> all, all 24 of us. think it's weird. In 1887, he left and returned back to England, bringing with him another girl from Halifax who was posing as his wife. And she'd had a baby. But again... Because he's abusive, she was like, done with that. And she went back to Nova Scotia and told everyone she was widowed. Well done. Good girl. Um, Just yeah, don't like your boyfriend. Tell everyone he died. Yeah. Like, who's going to say otherwise? Yeah, he's dead. That's the good thing about just moving countries. Like, yeah, he's dead. I'm back and he's not here. So, what are you going to do about it? Yep. Can't look him up on Facebook. We probably were married, but now we're not. So he's dead. <laughs> he's dead to me. Yeah. Um, so while back in England he just started to rack up the points on the CV he worked as a salesman a shopkeeper a pub landlord a surveyor back to clerking he just did everything really I assume (laughs) you can't be good you can't be good and trained at all those things definitely not he started he had a long string of flings and love affairs he had another two children with a widow who then left him because of the abuse Kel surprise and then I'm glad she left that she didn't just tolerate it for 16 years and then die after 12 hours yeah brilliant but this is now woman number 4 that's dealt with it start telling the police and yeah. maybe you wouldn't keep abusing people it should be should be no more wives it should be a rule yeah you're not allowed women anymore no but he did so when he ran a pub it was using the money of an elderly woman who he sort of courted oh no we would charm these women and get them to sugar mommy yeah pretty much this one it doesn't seem that he had a relationship with but she was like you know asked for investments asked to be patronized by them patronizers but the pub burnt down um insurance well he tried he went to try and get insurance and they instead said Nah, we're, we're going to arrest you. <laughs> okay. Um, that ended badly. But it, and it did go to trial, but he was acquitted for it. There was no actual evidence other than the fact that he was a bit of a shady character and it was then disappeared. Yeah. So he moved to the happiest place on earth. Latvia. Dublin. Oh. Is my favourite. And there he married a young lady. Uh, so his third wife now. Um, called Sarah White. So this was in 1892. He's already 46 years old. Which I was by, say, how old is he getting? Which by Victorian standards is... He's pretty... lived a life. He's done everything. He's married, what, five women by now? Well, he's married three because one of the w- widows that he had another two children with, he wasn't married to. And the girl that he brought over to England, he didn't marry either, yeah. who he had a child with. So it's more the children he's getting. So he had two more children with Sarah White. I'm not oh, even keeping count. Like, no. this is definitely where Philpot was getting his inspiration from. <laughs> yeah. Just keep banging them out. Um, so then two years later, 
he was living in London. He was still married, but he was there alone. Sarah was still in Dublin. For a change. And he was looking for company. He just gets lonely. So he's like, wife's away, the cats will play. I think, well, it could be that he loves women, or it could be that he just likes chilled babies. Like, once they get to three, he's like, oh, done with this family. Like a new puppy. Yeah. Like, oh, the dog's old now. Puppy. So this young lady, best name so far, Emily Booty. Yeah, she does. That made no sense, (laughs) but... So Emily Booty um, and and Dougal, they leased a house in Oxfordshire together with her money and she furnished it for him but didn't move in with him. Oh no, she did move, sorry. They leased a house together in Oxfordshire. I mean, it sounds like the beginnings of a sitcom, like Booty and Dougal. You've got a big bottom girl, stringy, lanky guy and they're going around having shenanigans. Like, it sounds like a ye olde sitcom. Except the plot twist is that he moved in with his wife and kids. Yeah. So they're all living there together in this really weird setup. Shenanigans will ensue. <laughs> don't know about shenanigans, but definitely some punching. Because, of course, Dougal is charming at first and then winds up being a massive knobhead. Yeah. So Booty, being a bit, uh, having quite a strong character, decided to leave him. And when she tried to leave, he was. that's when he became the most aggressive to her and threatened her. So she went straight to the police. The police came and because they'd been packing up and putting their stuff in boxes, they searched his boxes and they found some of Emily Booty's possessions. And so he was charged with larceny. I mean, they were looking for an excuse because the possessions that they found in his boxes were some tea towels and a bit of lace or something. So he wasn't really stealing, like, major stuff. I think it was probably by accident. But that says something about the fact that he can't be charged with the threats of violence. So they'll have to be like, we'll charge you with the tea towels, though. Yeah. Um, but he was... Um, he did go to court for that in 1895 and defended himself and that just wowed them all. He razzle-dazzled them and he was acquitted again. That's the way to do it. However, in January 1896, he was charged with another crime, this time for forging the signature of Lord Frankfort whilst in Dublin. So he was sentenced to 12 months hard labour and he served this out at the Cane Hill Lunatic Asylum. Oh, God. He'd originally been sent to Pentonville Prison but had tried to hang himself, so they'd said he was obviously suffering from a depression and sent him to the lunatic asylum. So he forges one signature and he's got to work for no money for 12 months. Yes. I mean, the students I've got trying to get out of gym, they get nothing. I think it's the fact that it was a Lord Frankfurt yeah. that he signed the wrong got guy. some power behind him. Um, so then he was at age 50 now, discharged and pronounced sane but because he'd been to prison now he'd lost his army pension so he's desperate for money now he's got no pension he's obviously now he's a convicted criminal and again for victorian standards pretty old yeah so he's struggling to find work during this time mrs dougal the still the actual wife came back from dublin with 
drunk. kids and then left him again. I don't know why she thought it'd be different this time. Well, we'll give it one more go. No, he still don't. Of course he fucking is. Um, so again, his main, his plan B was to find a wealthy woman to support him. And this led him to Miss Holland, who you mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. So in September 1898 is when they met. And there's two accounts of this meeting. One version is that they met at an exhibition at Earl's Court. And the other is that they met through a dating introduction agency. (laughs) They had them! Yeah, but they were properly, like, like you filled out a little card. It was an introductions agency, and they would contact you with someone. Swipe the card to the right if you don't like them. Swipe the card to the left if you think they're all right. The fact that there's the two accounts makes me believe that the introductions agency must be the true one. Yeah. Because if you met Earl's Court, there'd be no debate about it. That's what happened. But at the time, people would have been a bit ashamed of it's having like to use my, an introduction yeah. agency. I told my mum that we met at the pub through a friend. And she was like, which friend was it? And I had to make up a really long story. And eventually I was like, no, we met online. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. Um, so Miss Holland, like I said, from a wealthy family, she'd inherited a fortune of £6,000 on the death of her aunt, as well as all of her possessions. And it said that she flowered at 50. She was middle aged too. But she was. Grotesque. <laughs> she, she opened her flower at 50. She didn't open her flower, she bloomed. <laughs> shared her flower with the world. She didn't share her flower. <laughs> she just was rosy cheeked. Her flower was opening. No, it wasn't. It very definitely wasn't open. She would dress well. And she would wear a lot of makeup. She dyed her hair red. I mean, she sounds a bit like Queen Elizabeth the First. Um, very accomplished, play, sing, paint, and was Catholic. And it's believed that her she was a virgin, and like up until that point, she wasn't playing about. She'd had a young. She'd been in love as a young girl with a boy who went away into the navy and he drowned at sea and she still wore his ring and saved herself from then she stood at the window staring out into the ocean calling his name every night i mean there's a lot of this that is very much victorian romance novel um it's like titanic but he didn't die no he did die it's not like titanic no there's just water in well. It's drowned. It's like Jaws. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just like Jaws. It's like Water World. <laughs> I love Water World. So they began courting. They even went for a little mini break in South End together. Oh. But she'd confessed to her dressmaker um, that she'd broken it off because she knew that he only wanted her for her money. So I said she was leaving him, like it was done. But apparently he'd said tried to convince her to put all of her money into investments but in his name so that he could look after them oh of course he did and she wasn't that stupid so put him in his place but clearly Dougal was like I've put the hours in I'm gonna get some rewards from this so he must have said the right thing and convinced her no I do like you I do want you because they went ahead with plans to rent a house for them to live in using her money of course um in 1899, so it's now coming to the year of the event, um, they bought a farm and Dougal sorted it all with the estate agent and had it put completely in his name, this moat house farm. Holland saw it, 
destroyed the contract and had it made up again in her name. So she's thwarting well done, him yeah. and obviously infuriating him. So she's the only one that we've got evidence for that he actually killed, though he was abusive, possibly because she was making life so difficult for him. But at the same time, as much as she's smart and aware... She's still going... Like, she's like, oh, he's put this in his name, so clearly he wants to take my money, but he still clearly loves me and I will move in with him. I put in this much effort. I don't want to go back on it now. I'm already 50. I'm not going to find love again. I'm especially not going to find a handlebar moustache quite like this. Yeah. I've already put my name down for new house presents. It would just be embarrassing. Exactly. So they posed as a married couple and they stayed at a nearby like boarding house type thing while they were finalising all the details. Um, but everyone knew that Miss Holland was not really his wife. Yeah. It was just a bit of a facade, really. But they liked her and she, they liked she was quite... She was seen her out about with her little dog, Jacko, and Jacko. So, like, a lot of the locals, like, got chatting to her and liked her and made friends with her. And they thought that they were devoted to each other, Dougal and Holland, um, despite the fact that he would often go away on business trips to London and have to sleep overnight. Mm, I bet he did. Of course he did. So, 27th of April of that year, they left the boarding house and moved into the property. This would only be three weeks before he would actually commit his worst crime. So Moat House Farm is literally surrounded by like a wide moat and you have to access it with a bridge. The nearest house is half a mile away, so really isolated and secluded. Um, they'd hired two maids Miss Holland had while she was there. The first one she'd already worked with and knew, but she left within a week. And then the second one, Florence, left the day after Miss Holland disappeared. Like literally nobody wanted to stay in that house with Dougal. Yeah. Like, he was that creepy that, like, my miss, I don't know where Miss Holland's gone. She's disappeared, but I am not yeah. staying here on my own. I think it was, like, faulty Towers. He's just like, oh, I just fell into you. And, like, touching their bums in, like, a... He didn't even care about the pretense. So, in court, Florence told them about how Dougal had come up to her room on the very first morning that she stayed there and just forced himself on her and kissed her on oh. the mouth. So... Florence immediately went and complained to Miss Holland, who just broke down and begged her to stay with her. Like, couldn't bear to have another maid leave and be left with Dougal on her own. So two nights later, Dougal then tried to force the bolted door into Florence's room. And she was so panicked that he was going to get in, Florence began screaming for Miss Holland, who then came and got her and took her into bed with her. And they shared a bed then. Um, the next day, Miss Holland again burst into tears and like begged her to stay with her. So they would continue. So she did stay, but they continued most nights. They would sleep in the same bed together to sort of keep each other company oh and keep safe. Sounds like a barrel of laughs, doesn't it? Definitely. <laughs> so the 19th of May, Miss Holland said that she was going to go into town. And Florence was like, yeah, that's fine, but you'd better fucking take him with you. He's not <laughs> staying with me. And... That's the last time that she saw her. Aww. So they'd gone into town and there was no sign of either of them until after dark when Dougal returned back to the house on his own. <gasps> he said that Miss Holland had gone to London but he was going to meet her from the train later. So he went out later on to meet her at 10 o'clock 
for about half an hour and then came back on his own still. Oh, she wasn't there. I'll just check the next train. So waited a bit, then went out again. Half an hour later, came back. Oh, she wasn't on it. She must have got the midnight train. Went out again, came back, she still wasn't there. I mean, we mentioned this before about not having mobile phones. If someone's not there, what do you do? Like, people are just yeah. popping down to the train station all day, hoping they'd be getting off. I guess you would. And also, like, people wouldn't be that specific as well. They'd be like, I'll be on the train later. I think you, you would have, have to, like, to be specific, though. You'd have yeah. to say, I'm getting the 7 o'clock train, and if you miss it, fuck. Come back all the time for all the other trains. Oh. Well, it's like the film brief encounters that's how they because she gets the same train every day and and so every week that's not important (laughs) every week did i say every day i'm ashamed and embarrassed i mean the research of the murders meh but my film knowledge must (laughs) be exact (laughs) so that night florence stayed up all night she didn't get undressed or go to bed she was just stayed at the window like waiting for miss holland like terrified that dougal was going to come in and get her this night and in the morning she refused to come out of the room to wake up and do her chores she waited until workmen had arrived and then went down and her mother had been already sent to come and pick her up like she'd already written a note to her the day before you're in trouble mom can you come pick me up yeah stuff's getting weird I mean, a mum came and gave Dougal what for, apparently. To oh, bless her. Weird. Um, but as soon as they'd left, Dougal then sent a telegram to the real Mrs. Dougal <gasps> back in Dublin. The house come, is free. I've got a free house. Pretty much to come and join him. Their relationship seems the weirdest of this because she keeps leaving him and he keeps getting with all these women, yet he still brings her back. It's like Tom Jones. There's something about them that's odd. So she moved in to the house with his daughter and they he introduced her to the people in the neighborhood as his as his daughter who's been widowed because obviously they knew Miss Holland yeah. was supposed oh, to be his wife. Where's your wife? Um but they just got Why snogging your daughter mate. <laughs> exactly. Eventually they just got careless. His um his wife Mrs. Dougal would start wearing Miss Holland's clothes and jewelry. <laughs> That's not careless. That's weird. <laughs> And they eventually they just saw everyone sort of guessed. What accidentally put on her clothes? Yeah, the rumours went round and everyone Enjoy. sort of knew. Yeah. They said that Miss Holland had gone away yachting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how long can you be on a yacht for? For me, 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the, her dog, Jacko, Miss Holland's dog, actually travelled the six miles back to the boarding house where they'd stayed. Obviously looking... I found oh, that such a sad little thing. He'd gone back to the boarding house. That obviously left the home. His mistress wasn't there. Her um, husband's disloyal. She's never had a man before. That dog is her real soulmate. Loved her. That dog loves loves her properly. So the landlady who'd made friends with Miss Holland while they'd been staying there, she recognised the dog immediately and sent for someone to come and collect him. Obviously it was Dougal that came. And she was asking, like, oh, you know, how's Camille? Like, and he just ignored her. It was like, give me the dog. I'm going. Like, Rude. totally brushed her off. So over the next two years, he managed to acquire all of Miss Holland's money by just forging her signature on checks and letters and eventually had everything that she'd owned. Um, and he just started then living the life of the country gentleman, like, going out shooting. Like, he bought one of the first cars in that area and just non-stop shagging. Like, Ew. he had kids by... He'd just hire a servant girl. 
shag her till she was pregnant and then she had to leave <laughs> to go and have the baby start work on the next one. Oh god um there was rumors that he was teaching girls to ride bikes but they had to do it naked oh and there was also that's very euro trash there's also a rumor that at one point he was pleasuring three sisters and their mother which sounds like the sort of weird thing that a newspaper comes up with after the event yeah um but there was a sister thing later so not totally out of nowhere so if you live in that area there's probably like a 10 percent chance that you're if you live in that area you're his fucking child yeah he there's gonna be so many people that are now the children the grandchildren of him um he's responsible for the entire inbreeding of norfolk (laughs) pretty much (laughs) that's where that rumor comes from yeah they're not in norfolk i don't know um so 1902 now um mrs dougal Fucked off again, the flighty so-and-so. Back to the roundabout. This time she ran off with an engine driver. I mean, it is so just Downton Abbey. He's engine driving the roundabout. Off she goes. So she started putting divorce things in motion. And then in September of that year, he had a servant at the time, an 18-year-old Kate Cranwell, who left to go and have a baby again. But she filed a paternity suit which Dougal contested. How old is he now as well? Come on. He's in his 50s. He's getting into his like early 50s. But this was the problem. Because he'd contested this paternity suit, this brought him to the attention of the local law enforcement. Like, if he'd have just said, yeah, it's mine, job done. But now he's getting known to people. And they started to question, wait, didn't you have a wife? Where is she? And how are you so fertile? He said that she'd left to go abroad but yet all of her possessions were in the house mm-hmm. so she'd obviously disappeared and a police officer pc drew started to open an investigation into her whereabouts so a check allegedly signed by camille holland they were showing them to her nephew yeah and he said this is not her like because Dougal's defence was look she's been signing checks like she's alive yeah she must be around here somewhere her nephew was like these are definitely not hers it's a forgery so Dougal then was like trying to flee he went away on a jolly with the sister of Kate Cranwell who had started the paternity suit Georgia (laughs) Cranwell who was also pregnant with his child like literally they have he's fathered a county yeah this is insane um, so she was also pregnant. They went off to the seaside. And then when they came back, they went to London. And Dougal went to the Bank of England with some £10 notes to get them changed into smaller amounts. And the numbers on some of the notes had been stopped. Because obviously they didn't want Camille's money being spent. So they detained him in the offices while the police arrived. The police showed up, said, Are you Samuel Dougal? And he was like, Yeah you've got me um so they calmly walked out they didn't put handcuffs on him or anything and they just walked out together as soon as they got out of the building he tried to run off he was overweight i mean his balls are dried up by now <laughs> and he tried Probably to not. run and he ran into a cul-de-sac <laughs> which i love this is why they invented cul-de-sacs um, he ran to a cul-de-sac, so he was basically just trapped and captured. It's a good job it wasn't those ones with the little twitchel at the end that you can sneak exactly. through. Exactly. 
And they, when they searched him upon arrest, they found that he was carrying loads of women's jewellery, including the ring that Miss Holland always wore from her lover that was drowned. Oh, that's a sad bit. So that was the day that they began searching for her body. Part of the ocean. Um, so they went to Moat House Farm. They drained the moat, thinking that's the obvious place to put it, and started digging. They were there for five weeks. I mean, that's like, effort. They did not give up. They were like, there's no way he would have taken the body anywhere else. <laughs> it must be here. Um, so five weeks, they set up sh- like home, basically. They just moved in, the police. And then a local person mentioned that there used to be a drainage ditch that had been filled in not long after Samuel Dougal had moved in. Could have said that five weeks ago. Exactly. <laughs> so they me- began opening up, and in there they found the fully clothed corpse of Miss Holland. Aww. Partly skeletal, where it had been exposed, and partly preserved, where he'd covered it with blackthorn branches before the ditch had been filled in. So sort of composted around her. Um she was identified by her clothes. That's oh. an advert for bespoke clo- tailoring. <laughs> um, or just writing your name in it with a sharpie. Yeah. And they found that she'd been shot at close range in the head because the bullet was in her skull. And it matched the bullet in Dougal's gun. Yeah. Pretty open and shut. And they said that it, the way the shot had been done was from someone who was higher up than the person down below, so like him in a carriage and her stood wow. at the side of it. So Dougal was charged on April in 1903 in the dining room of the farm whilst the inquest was being held at the same time in the barn on the grounds. Um, very rural police work happening. He pled not guilty, but this time he gave no evidence and the jury took... Just, just didn't do it. Yeah. Didn't do it. Not saying why, I just didn't do it. I think the council obviously realised you've got no good excuse, it's best to say nothing. Um, So it took them 75 minutes to convict him and he was sentenced to death. He did try to appeal it and he gave his story of how he'd shot her by accident. So because she was down and he was up, he said, well, she got out of the carriage and she was facing away from me because she was looking at how bright the moon was. (laughs) I was taking that time to unload my revolver. (laughs) And while I was unloading it, it accidentally exploded. Mm. I mean, you think he was unloading it, the bullet, what's it called, the barrel? Yeah. Is it the thing that's got the little bullets in? Shouldn't have been... That's not the barrel. Some American will correct us anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Text files, can you just let us know about the bits of a gun? The bit with the chamber, the chamber, with the bullets in. So then I buried her body. Well, so, no, it it goes on. So then he said, well, I panicked. So I went in and I told the maid that she'd gone. Went back out. a quick shag while I was Yeah. He went back out and felt her pulse and said she's still alive. So I thought, right, if I carry her body up to the fields where there's a nice cool breeze, she'll... (laughs) She'll probably be revived. That's the stupidest bit. That's the least... Like, just say she died. No, no I thought I'd carry her up where the breeze might revive her. Yeah. After she'd, she'd get... been shot. 
That's what she needs. Some blow, fresh air. Blow the pulse back into her. Blow her heart to start. I mean, that is what I do whenever the kids say they feel sick. I'm like, well, go out for play. Go out in the field. Get some fresh air. You'll feel better. Just blow the bullet out of her head and it'll all be well. Um, so then he carried, he realised that she died. So he was carrying her back and as he was carrying her back, he noticed the ditch and thought, well, I'll just put her down here for now. <laughs> oh, well, she's quite heavy. Pretty much. Went back in, spoke to Florence again. These are like the times when he said he was going to the train station. He was carrying the body around. (laughs) Went back in. Then he came out and saw she was sort of settled where she was. So he kissed... She looked comfy. Yeah, so he kissed her and he covered her up with the branches. (laughs) She was settled. So that the chickens wouldn't peck at her is what he said. But obviously it's because the workman was coming the next day to fill in the ditch. So he was trying to hide the body a little bit before the workman fell in. Um, and then he said the next morning they began filling in the ditch on top of oh, her what? so I just let them carry on oh it just happened circumstantial yeah so he was hanged on the 8th of July in 1903 he was aged 57 at this point I mean how long did he have left anyway really exactly and he was hung by the executioner was William Billington which I liked because obviously mm. everyone called him Billy Billington of course a is. lovely name and there was a bit of drama at the execution because the chaplain of the prison apparently had been speaking to him before and he promised that he was going to confess at the last minute so his soul could be saved and he hadn't. So the chaplain burst into the area where the gallows were and shouted, Are you guilty? Tell me now! Are you guilty? Because that's how you get people to tell you the truth. You just scream in their face and they go, Yes, I'm sorry! And apparently, just before it happened, he said, yes, I am. Um, the last little snippet I have of the story, um, Jacko then was taken back to the landlady of the boarding house. This is looked, the real story. This is what we all want to know. He looked after him until he died a year later. A where... heartbreak. No. AIDS. <laughs> no. She looked after him until he died a year later, and then she had him stuffed and kept him in a glass case in her living room. Where he is to this day. Quite possibly. Unless he accidentally fell in a ditch and someone started to cover <laughs> it up. So she was like, no, okay then. He looks comfy. Leave him. So that's the end of episode 15 of Slaughter. Thanks to everybody that has left reviews and subscribed to us. And if you haven't yet subscribed or left a review, do it now. Yes. Um, But we'd just like to mention a few people that have helped us out this month. So, in the public toilets, peering through the glory hole, is Holly Andrew. And in the alleyway with the cheese grater, we've got Maggie Dobsch... I always get stuck with this name. Maggie Dobsch... I can't say it, Maggie, I'm sorry. Maggie... Um, in the garage with that darned blowpoke is Rebecca Pope. In the conservatory with the blowtorch, we've got Hannah Mabry. In the pantry with the sander was Lorna Violet. And in the cellar with the slinky was Sandra Teeling. Thanks for um, contributing on Patreon, guys. It really does mean a lot to us. Um, and it's really, really kind of you. Thank you. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.